It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Yes, day. welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. To power your growth, head to netsuite.com slash locked for special financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. So uh, we will get to the War Report Wednesday segment of the show in just a moment, but I want to talk about Auburn basketball's big win over South Carolina last night. 81-66, to South Carolina, very similar to the LSU game. They kind of got into it late, and then Auburn put their foot on the gas, straightened up their play, and it was over. That's all that she wrote. And look, Wendell Greer is a... Wendell Green was incredible. He was fantastic. And I think Bruce Pearl said it best. Um, I saw some folks talking about the fact, should Wendell Green be starting? I think he's fantastic off the bench. Bruce Pearl said, quote, rather than starting games, he's finishing games. And I think that is awesome. I think that is incredible. He led the team with 22 points. He was 7 of 15 from the floor, one of five from three. Normally, when he pops off, he gets hot from behind the arc. That was not the case. And he got to the free throw line seven times and made it all seven. He was perfect from the charity stripe. He also led Auburn uh, in assist with five. Walker Kessler added a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Um, he's been He's just on an awesome tear. Zeb Jasper, possibly his best game offensively of the season, 13 points, second on the team there. Four of five from the floor. He made both three-point shots that he attempted and got to the free throw line four times, made three of those. He also had three assists. So, very solid game for Zepp Jasper there. But, look, this Auburn team just wears you out. I mean, we say this every single time. This basketball team just wears you out over the course of 40 minutes. And, look, South Carolina's a deep team. They're just not a really good team. I think they're a fine team. There's not a really good team. And over the course of it, um, yeah, they just kind of ran out of it. So there you go. Look, you hear me every time when I do one of these recaps, talk about layups, because it's just such a no-brainer that if, you know, th- those are points that you should get. You put yourself in a situation, you get close to the basket, and uh, Auburn's still 6 of 17 uh, in that category, which is bonkers. I mean, if you clean that up, you may be scoring 90 a night. It's crazy. It is, uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy there. But look, Auburn turned over South Carolina 20 times. There's a point in the broadcast where they pointed out that South Carolina had more turnovers than they had field goals. They ended up making 24 shots. So they scored uh, four more shots than they did turning the ball over. And so some of that is South Carolina did not play well. And South Carolina is, does not strike me as a very good offensive team. But Auburn's defense is crazy. Like, that is why Zepp Jasper came to Auburn, was to play defense. We've heard him talk about it on this show multiple times. Katie Johnson played a smaller role than he normally 
does, 21 minutes, but only scored two points. He only shot it four times, but it wasn't his night, and that's okay. And up until the last 10 minutes or so of the game, like Jabari Smith wasn't having a good night. He had th- like two or three points for forever. But that's what makes this team so good, and you can just tell when you listen to Zep talk for like five seconds, is this team doesn't care. This team does not care about individual stats. They care about winning basketball games. And that's such a hard thing to teach and to coach, but you're seeing it. You're seeing it night in and night out with his Auburn basketball team. So you love that. Uh, Devin Cambridge returned back to the starting lineup. Alan Flanagan is out. The rumor is he has some sort of illness, which in this day and age, you can kind of guess what that possibly could be. If that is true, um, he probably will not be playing for Florida. So you hate the timing of that. Um, You also hope that he's okay and well and recovers safely. And you hope it's limited to just Alan Flanagan. You know, there's a lot of programs. You know, my my role is the Locked On um, Podcast Network channel manager um, for the college network. I'm listening to a lot of folks that are having to fill time because they're not having basketball games because they're getting postponed or the games moved around because of all this stuff. So Auburn, knock on wood, has been very fortunate and they've handled it very, very well which is great. And so hopefully see that moving forward. But yeah, Florida comes into town Saturday. Um, Auburn should not lose the game at home the way that they're playing basketball right now. They just shouldn't. I don't care who all is out. They're in a very good spot. And so Alan Flanagan out. Thankfully, Devin Cambridge was back. He had an illness. And so Alan was able to start against LSU and he looked great in his return. You hope You don't have to really start over from the knocking the rust off point of view in his return, whether it be against Florida or down the road a little bit farther. But fortunately, Auburn hasn't missed both of them, you know, since Alan Flanagan's return, which is nice. And Devin wasn't great. Um, In fact, he was one of the few players to have a, a negative plus minus in his 25 minutes. He was minus one on the floor, which is not good. But um, four points, one of four from the floor. I mean, you saw him out there. You saw him out there doing his thing. And so, I think it's fine. That's the kind of player Devin Cambridge is. He'll pop off and be, you know, one of the best performers on a team, you know, in two games from now. That's just who he is. And that's 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 what you get. That's okay. That's fine. But yeah, this team's so fun to watch, guys. <laughs> this team is so fun to watch. Uh, they just kind of do a little bit of everything. And you're starting to see this national buy-in. Jay Billis is writing about Auburn as one of the best teams in in all of college basketball. And that's kind of the crazy thing is like you're seeing it everywhere. But I was talking with folks throughout the day today. Is this game to me going into it had trap game written all over it. But this team's so focused and this team's just so much more, you know, it has just so much more talent than everybody else that they're facing. That may not be a thing with this basketball team. And there's going to be times where they come out cold and nobody, you know, Nine of the 11 guys that play are going to be cold. That's going to happen at some point. But this defense of this team is just going to keep you in it. It's just going to keep you in every single game. And so, I don't know. You got to love it. You absolutely have to love it. So, there you go. All right, just a moment. War Report Wednesday comes up. We'll talk transfers and all the crazy stuff happening on the football side of things, but first things first, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Heck, some of the flavors, I'm going to be honest, are better than a candy bar. 
and you look at the label, it's like the meme that we talked about with um, with Charlie Five yesterday that we thought was the best one. Um, you got to pick between is it real chocolate or is it is it actually good for you? It's both. It's it's both, and that's that's what's so beautiful about it. So most of the bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four uh, net carbs. And then 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's way, way more. And they've got a ton of sugar and not near as much protein. So check it out. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also, look, I want you guys to make some money just driving around, doing things that you normally do. Download the GetUpside app. A lot of the listeners out there, they're making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download it for free. Get Upside's the name of the app in your phone's app store. And right now you can use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That is 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. That is dumb. Thanks to Get Upside. Use promo code SCORE. There are folks out there that drive a ton. They're making like two or 300 bucks a month back on all of this. So you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e gift card. Uh, to Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE. All right, and now joining us here on Locked on Auburn for a little War Report Wednesday action, Mike G, C-Dub. How are y'all doing? Good, good, man. It's uh, it's officially the uh, off-season for Auburn. We're done. That's right. That's yeah, right. We're done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, off-season in college football now with the age of the transfer portal. I mean... Auburn's not feeling too good about it right now, but man, it's making things significantly more interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of freak out, honestly, about the transfer portal. Um, if you look at the SEC transfer numbers, okay. uh, it's really the schools that either you know had you know had decent seasons that are not having uh, a ton of transfers, but just about everybody else has got like eight to ten transfers minimum. Yeah, I was so. reading. A, I was reading a national report that Sports Illustrated put out, and on average, this is across Division One, not Power Five, but Division One. It's averaging eleven players per team. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's mm. crazy. I mean, when you yeah. talk about you have what eighty-five scholarships, that's an eighth of your roster that's leaving. Right. That's that's wild to me. I think in the SEC, Vanderbilt has the most transfers of any school in the SEC, which makes um, sense. Right, and uh, there is one school, like Georgia has only like three right now. Bama has four. Um, and I think there's one SEC school that doesn't have a single portal transfer so far. Um, don't ask me who they are, because I don't know who they are. <laughs> but but I, mean, I, it, I went down the list. But who's yeah. leaving matters, right? I mean, if it's if you're a backup yeah. or a third-string guy and you don't see clear a clear path to playing time in your next two seasons... You should leave. I think it is in best interest for you to leave. Um, right. Yeah, but it's the when you lose starters, that's that's the issue. And like you know, Auburn's going to lose some dudes. And like you know, going into this, like obviously Bo Nix was a big deal because you're losing your quarterback, but it allows you to have a fresh start. So there's a positive spin on that. But the whole uh, you know, Ladarius Tennyson's another guy. It was like okay, Auburn loses him. It's like he had a chance to be a legit starter. He definitely would have played, I believe. In 2022, yeah. so it's like, okay, so that one hurts. But the Kobe thing, and I had people all day yesterday tell me I was overreacting, guys. And, and I may be. And you guys certainly can tell me that, and I, I, I could take it. I'm a big boy. But losing your number one receiver 
I don't care how inconsistent he was. That is a problem. Like, that is a big deal. And it sounds like he was pushed out. It sounds like he was dismissed from the program. And so that's definitely part of it. And it stinks. But it, it doesn't matter why he's leaving. It's not good for the program that he is no longer a part of it. Yeah, well, you know, also, too, I mentioned earlier that the defense has been ahead of our offense for quite some time. And we brought in Harson to remedy that and fix that. And yeah. we're in a process of transition. So you need your guys that you can help build a foundation around who at least statistically are one of your top guys. And Hudson, right. as far as receiver goes, uh, he had the most targets, had the most receptions, most yards. He tied for Demetrius Robinson with the most touchdowns in the season for wide receivers. So he's clearly a guy that you expect to be back. Uh, at a position where you need more production. He's part of a piece of a puzzle that we're trying to solve with our passing offense. And so if we're to, to improve, you want the guys back who at least showed up for you more times often than not. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I hate it for the kid. Uh, I hate it for us, obviously. It's just an unfortunate situation all around. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm of the thing. It's not not a big deal. Not not a big deal. Put <laughs> right. that on it's a t-shirt. Not, not, right. It's not not a big deal. Right? right. Like so anybody telling you it's not a big deal, that's wrong. That's that's off base, right? Um, is it the biggest deal ever, though? I'm not so sure. Mm. And um, I'll tell you, it's never a good thing when you lose the type of experience that's walking out the door with him. However, uh the guy that we started quarterback in 2022 may have never thrown a pass to Kobe in game. So yeah, I mean, it if, might, it's, if it's not TJ, then yeah, that's, the, that's the case for sure. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm not sure how much, and, and that guy only had three games worth of experience with him. Now he was productive uh, by Auburn standards, but you know, mm -hmm. we have a, an overall culture at wide receiver that we need to change. Totally. Anyway. Yeah, totally. So, if he wasn't in line with what they're trying to do, uh, then I wish him well. I hope he's successful wherever he goes. Uh, now, sure. this coach has said repeatedly, I said it on our show, he's he's doing he's doing things a certain way, and guys are either going to do it his way or they're going to hit the road. Right. Now, I don't, I'm not professing to know what exactly happened in this situation, but based on this young man's own words that he wrote, you know, uh, he's from the north, I'm from the south, he don't know me, I'm out. <laughs> That rhymes probably unintentional, but something to that effect. Okay. And there we heard kind of the same thing with Elijah Canyon. He doesn't, he's not trying to get to know me. This wasn't something public. This was something that was told to us, right? Like he's okay. not trying to get to know me. He doesn't really know me. Right. Um, and Harson doesn't care about that. You know, he wants guys who are going to come in, play football, you know, put all the other bull to the side, right, and just do what's being asked of you. Uh, so this is part of what part of this feels like part of the culture change, Zach, that he's looking yeah, for. And he's going to bring in so. a certain type of guy. Now, um, I think that he learned in year one, if you're not going to play your best players at every position, you know, on principle, it's still going to be difficult to win games. Um, okay. they did not outcoach many other teams this year. So if you're not going to play your best guys, you got to outcoach the next guy. And, uh, you know, in going into 2022, 
you can't do what you did in 2021. It's got to be better. Even if it's only two games better, it's got to be better. So yeah. without Kobe Hudson, it it looks harder right now until we see how they plan to replace that production this offseason. Right. So you're seeing guys tweet out that they're getting offered from Auburn now. A lot of offensive linemen, which is to be expected. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like they're getting the, you know, they're they're in everybody's top five, but they haven't really landed a dude yet. But you, you gotta hope that, that changes soon. It sounds like they're gonna get the defensive back, the corner from Oregon. He's gonna be visiting this weekend. I'm sure that there will be a decision made this weekend or shortly thereafter, which is encouraging. Don't think yay, that really yay, helps you. Players. Yeah, it, right, right. And, and that was kind of, you know, I will I will eat some crow, though, because a year ago when the portal was happening, I was shocked how many defenders were coming in and no offensive players. I thought that, I thought Auburn was going to go out and get a bunch of new offensive linemen, some new receivers, and they got, well, the only offensive players they got were one receiver, Demetrius Robertson, and... A backup quarterback. Those were those were the offensive guys. And so the defense down the stretch, by the time those guys finally got into the system and got used to everything, I think the, I, I think all of that actually really made a whole lot of sense because he had a lot of depth. And now with Owen coming back and these defensive linemen coming back, there's not a whole lot of holes on the defense. I'd like another DB or two, but I really want guys in the middle of the field and the guy they're bringing in is an outside corner. So... That's a little interesting, but I think they're set at corner moving forward, which is good. Um, but you got to think they're going to do what they did to the defensive side of the ball last year. They're going to do to the offensive side of the ball this year because they really set themselves up for multiple seasons now with guys like Marcus Harris, who can play multiple seasons, guys like Roe Torrance, who's going to play multiple seasons, guys, I mean, Ekuliota is another one. So, can they go out and get a center that has multiple years of eligibility or maybe another tight end or maybe a receiver that can play three seasons? You know, they've got to go out and get some of these dudes that will have an instant impact in 22, but also can be ready to really be a part of what, the, you know, what Harson is building because it's all about 2023 for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they understand what their needs are yeah. on both sides of the ball. I think to to my point I mentioned earlier, I, I feel like our defense has been ahead of the offense for quite some time. So there's an identity on that side of the ball. Right. You can go after you can go and get guys, but the guys can look on film and see where they can be successful on the defense. Offensively, we have not proven that. So we can target guys, but those guys have to buy in to what Harson is selling going into year two. And, and while it's encouraging to see that him going after the needs that we have offense receiver quarterback what have you those guys have to see where they can be successful in this offense and i think we're still in transition so i want to see us land some guys but again what do we have to show these guys that like the defense hey you can come here be successful we can we can play at a high level and hey you can perhaps get to the league that hasn't really been a selling point offensively so moving forward we have to begin to show something on tape where guys coming out of high school and coming from other programs can see the opportunity at Auburn. Yeah, and, and I, w- I want to piggyback that in, in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. You can't see. Poor visibility. Is this how you're running your business? 
because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That is netsuite.com slash locked. Also, I want to give a shout out to our local friends here, uh, fetchmedelivery.com. They are Auburn folks, ran by, you know, a a lot of uh, Auburn alumni, and they're super entrenched in our local community here throughout East Alabama, and uh, we love that here at Locked On, and I know the War Report um, loves that as well. But yeah, Fetch Me Delivery is a uh, is a local company that that loves to deliver food and help make life a little bit easier for folks, uh, folks, families throughout Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County. So check out FetchMeDelivery.com or download the free Fetch Me app and use promo code LOCALMEAL to get a little bit taken off the top of that. FetchMeDelivery.com. Guys, real quick before we jump into, I want to talk about the quarterback situation in the transfer portal and Auburn really selling that. But first, what uh, what all is going on at the War Report these days, and how can folks get involved? Uh, just go check us out over on YouTube. Uh, we just dropped the Birmingham Bowl film review for our inside. I watched so, some of it this morning. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a. Hard, it's always harder when we lose <laughs> to go through those things. But, yeah, y'all weren't uh, too uh, too excited at the beginning of it, but uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> okay, we may have been lacking why. enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, we 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 uh, we got through it. Um, we're going to be doing some more film review stuff this off season, just kind of breaking down what happened this season so uh more uh player highlights so instead of games we'll be focusing on players and position groups uh you don't want to miss that become an insider to get access absolutely it is absolutely worth every single penny all right so i talked about this yesterday on the show guys the whole you know there's so much drama and you know every time a a starting quarterback enters the portal auburn fans are all over them they want them unless it's zach calzada they want everybody and so which i'm fine if you don't want the calzone i'm okay with it but um what do you think the sales pitch is for a starting quarterback if you're brian harson or austin davis you're likely gonna win (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. But they're, I mean, but we, they're getting we, we, that, they're getting that from everybody that's calling them, right? We have a, we have a, we have a, we clearly have an open competition. Let me put right. it that way. Right. There's an open competition right. here. It's not both. It is clearly, I mean, oh, the, yeah, the guy sure. who started most of the season left and, and, you know, the guy who, you know, is technically the incumbent has not, doesn't have that many games under his belt. So right. similar to when TJ came in, Right. The guy who if they bring somebody in, this guy has not seen anything on tape that's going to dissuade him from coming here to compete. Right. right. That's why TJ came in as well. Confirmed like what he saw on tape was not anything he felt like he couldn't beat out. You know, so you're not going to go anywhere with an entrenched starter. It's the same reason Bo chose Oregon. (laughs) Right. Right. There's uh, the guy leaving and there's nothing there that he can't beat out. That's the situation here. That's what you're selling. Yeah. But everyone's selling that. Every every call that any of these quarterbacks receive from a coach, they're pitching that exact same thing. So why is why is Auburn different? We're the SEC. We're better than you. That's one reason. And, I, and I, again, <laughs> we just lost our three year starter. Yeah, that's true. The, 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 it's, it's an opera. There, the the you you can say the same thing, but when I look at our roster, and then when I look at what mm-hmm. I see on the film. That stands out among some programs that may have more stability offensively yeah. and may have got more guys that you have to be more worried about from a competitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Even though we're saying the same things, 
we almost check all of the boxes for a guy looking for an opportunity. Sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah it's, it, I mean, it's a chance to play at a premier program in the premier league in college football. So uh, unless we're talking about other sec programs, um, we always have a pitch that other schools don't have. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, come to the SEC. Uh, our league puts more players in the NFL than any other league. You now have Russell Wilson's QB coach, you know, yeah. for guys who may be dual sure. threats. I can't you know, I wait mean, to see how much that matters. I think it's going to, but I can't wait to I, see yeah. it in action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, he, I mean, that's a guy that's not that removed from playing in the NFL. I mean, he, he, pl- he played in the NFL in 2018. Right. Like four years or ago. He was, right. he was in the NFL in 2018. He was Russell's backup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think it will mean something to these kids because, you know, they're old. They're old enough to remember him. Yeah. Right. Playing in right. the league. Right. Yeah. And Harson seems like the kind of dude that's going to want a, a quarterback in every class. So I can't wait to see what that looks like. You know, who's going to be holding Aaron's back up or, you know, whatever it may be down the road. So that'll be fun to see recruits come in and, you know, the, their post their post-visit interviews, you know, their their comments about Austin Davis. I look forward to seeing all that actually transpire because we can say it all uh, all we want, but until somebody commits because of Austin Davis, that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing and what kind of player is going to be attracted to that. But um, but yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I think that's definitely a good point. I think some people will care about that more than others. Auburn just has to find those dudes, and hopefully, you know, from a character standpoint, they fit into what what Brian Harson wants. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do you guys, do you guys think that the wide receiver position or the offensive line position, assuming they don't get a, just a total makeover of the transfer portal. And I think we will see transfer receivers and transfer linemen before spring practice. I, I just, I, I think you have to, to some extent, but do you think from a coaching standpoint and a development standpoint, there's a chance you could see a big jump from the current receivers on the roster, taking a big step forward this off season or the offensive line? Without uh, without it's, transfers, it, it it's I mean listen I did not expect to see shed as often as I did last year and while there was weeping and gnashing of teeth early on in the season, uh, the coaching staff figured out how to utilize him uh, as a possession yeah. guy who was a second or third option uh, on your route tree and he began to shine he actually began to look better as the season went on. Right. I'm looking at guys like Azevian Capers. Uh, who I was looking at having a big year this past season who didn't get the opportunity. I'm looking at guys like him. Yeah. I should be encouraged by what we saw in Shed and say, hey, if he can do it, I can take the next step and be the guy. And so there's something to be said about this coaching staff going after or utilizing guys who uh, have not lived up to expectations per se uh, in, in previous years, but have the opportunity to kind of show what they can do in the primary role this upcoming season. And so if we don't get, grab anyone out of the portal, you have to be encouraged as one of the returning receivers that, hey, the leading receiver is out. This yeah. is my time to show what I can do. Yeah, right. and I, I'm glad you bring up Shed because early in the season, and it seems like we saw him way more in the beginning of the season than towards the end, but he looked... So- so much more comfortable as far as he ran a lot smoother. He moved a lot easier because prior to that, he seemed like a little stiff, um, but he he moved a lot better. I don't know how much of that is comfort, how much of that is him just becoming a better athlete. I, I I don't fully know what all went into that. 
Now, obviously, his hands weren't super consistent. And, you know, I, I think from an athletic standpoint, as far as, you know, if you put a guy on him and, you know, push him at the line of scrimmage, he couldn't really get separation. But he, he moved significantly better in this scheme than he did under the previous regime. So, yeah, C-Dub, I think that's a good point. I think that's definitely a good point. Mike G, did, did I cut you off? No, no. I mean, listen, I think you. I think there is a chance that you could see a, a, a big jump at wide receiver as well. Now these guys are in their second offseason with Brian Harson. Right. Right. So the expectation of how things should be done is starting to settle in. And, you know, just like every other position, once you, to build a pipeline, you need guys who stay in the system. Right? And these right. first two years were, are about establishing the beginning of that pipeline. So can we see a big jump at um, – uh, offensive line, you know, maybe if guys utilize their COVID year and come back, but you know, that position is such a developmental position where yeah. they, they were built one way and it takes literally years of strength and conditioning to condition your body to do something else. Uh, very few guys can pull that off in one off season. So, right. you know, it, it, part of the reason why we don't let kids go straight from high school to the NFL is their bodies just cannot be physically ready for the pounding yeah. that they're going to take. Yeah, we get snapped in half, right? Yeah, right, yeah, it's not safe. So yeah. you have to be, what, three years removed from high school before you can go pro. And I think that's smart. They don't have the same issue physically in basketball, uh, so they allow it a little earlier. But, and, you know, to, to my point, it's really hard to remake your body completely as an offensive lineman in one offseason. Right. So they took some steps in pass protection and it run blocking was, was a challenge this year. So um, can we see that now going through their second offseason? Sure. I do think we could see some, some jumps there. And, and it's, it's not as if we have no offensive linemen on the roster. Guys, we have offensive linemen on the roster. Those guys went through a whole spring and a summer with with this uh, with this crew, and right. if they didn't start this year, they continued to train. Mm -hmm. Right, so they're about to do that all over again, and I think there's a chance that we see a big improvement with guys who now understand what the assignments are, what the expectations are, and have gotten their bodies physically ready for the challenge. Gentlemen, one more time, how can folks uh, support you guys over at the War Report? Hey, go check us out on YouTube, Become an Insider. We've got film reviews. We've got all kinds of uh, good content coming. Uh, January to July is when the hard work is done, Zach. So, oh, I uh, get it. Yeah, uh, it's easy to talk about things that are happening, and it's a little harder to talk about the things that are going to happen. So uh, we're covering it all over the war report, including basketball, which, you know, is on as we speak. That's right. That's right. All right, guys, thank you so much, and uh, I will talk to you guys next week. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.